What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm Shelly Metling, and I've been sharing my infertility journey openly on YouTube for about a year now. With four losses ourselves and one rainbow baby on the way, I wanted a platform for you babes to share your stories. So girl, sit back, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry, because we are about to get real on the ins and outs of pregnancy loss in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Lauren Matuzo on the episode today. I'm so excited. She is a listener of the Lamb Fam podcast. She reached out, and I was like, girl, let's get you on. And she took me up on that offer, and I'm so excited. So, Lauren, I'm just going to kind of throw it at you, and you can share your story with all of us. Sure. Thank you, Shelly. Um, I would say my story starts a really long time ago. So I had my daughter when I was 17. I actually had her when I was end of my senior year. Uh, obviously, she was a surprise and an oops, um, but she was also one of the best things that ever happened to me. Uh, so fast forward a couple of years and um, I met my husband in 2014 and we were married in 2015, and we knew we wanted to immediately start trying because I'm currently 35, and at the time I was 31, and so we knew we wanted to have one or two more on top of my daughter, so everyone kept telling me, oh, it's so hard once you go off birth control to get pregnant, so um, I had been on since my daughter, and it had been, you know, 13, 14 years. So I thought, all right, well, we better go off right away. So we got home from our honeymoon, went off the birth control, and two weeks later, I was pregnant. So had no idea it would be that easy and um, went on to have my son. He was healthy. Um, he was born a day after his due date, no complications. He's great. And um, we knew we wanted to wait for a little bit of time to have another one. So I went back on birth control. And we decided around his second birthday, we would try again. So I don't know why. Again, I think something inside of me just knew this was going to be a harder process. So we just kind of assumed, oh, we'll be able to get pregnant right away. But we were going to wait to July, which is when my son's uh, second birthday was. But in June, I said to my husband, you know, I think we should just go off because what if this time around, it's not as easy. So he said, all right, you know, whatever it is, what it is. So I, we went off and I actually didn't get my period for about two months. So I had my annual around the same time. So I just kind of went in for my annual, explained to my doctor what was going on. Um, I was an avid runner at the time. So I was a little concerned that maybe I was exercising too much and maybe that was why I wasn't getting my period. So I actually stopped running, just trying anything to get my period to come back. Um, she eventually put me on Provera to kind of kickstart everything. And sure enough, my period came. And it took us another four months after that. And in those four months, um, man, I was like, why is this taking me so long? Why was it so easy last time? You know, started Googling, started talking to some friends that had infertility issues and started realizing my luteal phase was a little short. So I was... Um, getting my period around eight, anywhere from like seven to nine days after I'd ovulate because I started using the ovulation predictor kits, all that um, fun stuff. So I uh, called my doctor and just kind of said, hey, you know, something's not right. I'm a little concerned. My luteal phase is short. And we had actually had an appointment set up in February in case I didn't get pregnant. 
And I was just like, nope, I'm being proactive. I'm calling. I'm not waiting until February. I know there's something not right. So she said, you know, all right, let's run some blood work. So we did the um, blood work where they test you at like cycle day three. Um, then again, like 10 days post ovulation, they check your progesterone, all that fun stuff. Um, she did say my progesterone was a little on the low side, but nothing concerning. And they wanted to retest me again. And this was all in December. She also mentioned that my prolactin levels were a little high um, and she wanted to retest me on that. So we repeated the blood work um, about a week later and sure enough, I just happened to be pregnant. So I called in, um, let them know I'm pregnant, you know, should I be concerned? So they kept running more blood work just to be sure. You know, um, I think I ran two more weeks of blood work. They had me come in at six weeks. I don't know if that was just because of all my concerns and they knew I was anxious or my age because I'm 35 at the time. Well, actually, I was 30. Yeah, I was 35 at the time. So I'm like, oh, maybe this is advanced maternal age stuff. <laughs> so they had me come in at six weeks, saw the heartbeat. Everything was great. Um, my progesterone was going up, so they weren't concerned. And that was the end of the blood work. She said, you know, just take it one day at a time. We'll see you back around 10 weeks. So I was extremely ill with this pregnancy, super nauseous, really. I didn't ever throw up, but I was nauseous 24-7. So um, it was really hitting me hard. And uh, I mean, you know, that's always a good sign. Okay. You know, mm -hmm. I kept telling my husband, well, it means the baby's growing. So can't really complain too much. Yeah. You um, never think you know, that you want to be like nauseous, but it really is. It's like a reassuring <laughs> sign of like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, we're exactly. still good here. Yeah, exactly. And um, in that four uh, month period where we didn't get pregnant, I had actually gone ahead and made an appointment at two places here in Buffalo uh, to see an RE just in case we didn't get pregnant. And the funny thing is, I, I swear there was something inside of me that just knew something wasn't going to work right because I never canceled those appointments. We had to make them in advance, which all my friends were telling me to do. So I didn't cancel any of my appointments. Um, I was real anxious this pregnancy, and I don't know if that's just inside me I knew or if because it took so much longer than the last time. And yeah. so anyways, um, and like you've said, and people have said a million times, I was so naive. You know, I had two healthy pregnancies. I, you hear the statistic, but it doesn't really hit you because you don't know anyone because nobody talks about it. Yeah. So I was, you know, already buying stuff for the baby. I made my husband purchase like this three foot giraffe for the nursery, like the Melissa and Doug one. Cause I was just, you know, you just don't, <laughs> it's just something you don't really think about. So I go in for my 10 week appointment and, uh, had my normal exam. She said, your uterus is growing great. And, uh, obviously I didn't have my husband with me because I knew it was just formality. Go in, have the conversation, get your pap smear, go home, no sonogram, nothing. So my husband was at home uh, with our two and a half year old, because he was actually on a uh, break from school. So I was there by myself. And I knew I was just waiting for the end of the visit because I knew she'd bring out the Doppler. And I had told my husband um, a couple, like about a, the week before, uh, two things happened. I had actually had a dream that I had a miscarriage, which was really bizarre. I was dreaming like crazy with this pregnancy. So I guess part of me was like, oh my gosh, that's so scary. But you know, I've been dreaming like crazy. So it is what it is. Um, but a couple of days after that dream, I did start losing that nausea. 
So mm-hmm. I kept telling my husband, I just want to get to that 10 week appointment and hear the heartbeat. And he kept going, you're fine. You're, you know, we, you heard the heartbeat at six weeks. Everything's fine. So I go in. Sure enough, she pulls out the Doppler. It was the longest minute of my life. She couldn't find the heartbeat. Um, but she kept telling me, I'm not concerned at all. There's nothing to be concerned about. You know, I'm going to send you back in the waiting room. I'm going to see if the sonogram tech can squeeze you in. We'll just double check that everything's okay. And I said, okay. So went back in the waiting room, sitting there for like 10 minutes, texting my husband, texting my best friend. What do I do? Everyone's telling me, oh, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. But you go into that sonogram and, um, I'm sure as you know, from having sonograms, you pretty much know immediately that there's no heartbeat. So Mm -hmm. the sonogram tech wasn't saying anything. She was just measuring the baby, but I just knew. And she just gently put her hand on me and said, I'm so sorry. And I just bawled. It was just awful. I'm Um, shocked she said something to you. So was I. Um, I, Because we didn't even have the conversation when I came in. And I've had her before. Um, when I saw her at the six weeks and, um, she really just said, okay, let's see what's going on. Like that was, we didn't say like, we're checking for a heartbeat. She just kind of like, I laid there and then she just said, I'm really sorry. And so, I, I mean, she didn't really need to even say anything cause I knew yeah. what she meant. Yeah. Um, and then she said, I'm going to bring the doctor in. And then she actually ended up moving me to another room where I waited another 10 minutes. And it's just an awful process, yeah. especially if you're alone, you're sitting there waiting for the doctor to come in. Um, and it's just such a whirlwind because I guess to me, I always associated miscarriage with bleeding, cramping, and I had never even heard of a missed miscarriage. Yeah. So when the doctor came in, she said, you know, I'm really sorry. She hugged me, said, it looks like the baby was measuring a week behind. So you likely lost the baby last week. Um, so yeah, it was just like complete shock to your system. And uh, she she said, I remember the first thing she said to me was, you did absolutely nothing wrong. Do not go home and start wondering, what was I doing on that day? Like, you did nothing. These things just happen. You know, your usual things you hear from the doctors. I'm happy um, she said that to you, though, because I, I don't feel like all that many doctors, you know, reassure you that you didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I know she was a natural great. process of like you know, we just go straight to, gosh, what did we do? You know what I mean? Right. Oh, yeah. And I still did. I still went Mm -hmm. home and I was like, I lifted that heavy box at work. And my husband was like, the doctor said you couldn't have done this. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just been, um, that was last February, February 20th. I ended up having my DNC the very next day. I remember she said to me, you have no choice. You have to have a DNC. Um, she did say, you know, some women like to go home and process this. Some women want it over with right away. And in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. Like I've already been carrying around this baby for a week and it's passed. I can't, I, I was just like, I want to do this right away. Yeah. So, and I do now looking back, I do see why people do go home and process because they had called me that afternoon and scheduled me for, um, 9am the next morning. And man, it was over within a couple, you know, like less than 24 hours, it was over. So it was a shock. Um, I'm not regretful that I didn't wait, but it is like so many emotions in a 24 hour period. Yeah. 
but for sure it's crazy. I yeah. I never had a DNC so this is a really weird thing to say I'm like oh I'm lucky enough you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah. I'm lucky enough to have you know started bleeding and that was kind of how I knew I was going through my miscarriages um yeah. but I can't like the the pro- the mindset of like having to make that decision too is just a lot on its yes, own absolutely. you know what I mean like oh yeah like you just find out that you've miscarried and now you have to make the decision of like, okay, like, do we do a DNC right away? Or do you know, like that's a lot right. to process right. in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, and you're so super d- emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Did you end up like calling your husband or did you wait till you got home? So yeah, she kept saying, do you want your husband to come? And I was like, oh, he's got my two and a half year old. This is just, it was so much at once. And I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, yeah. I just, I was, the drive home is like seven minutes. I'm like, I'm going to be fine. Um, I actually work across from my doctor's office and I wasn't even thinking. I work with a lot of my family members. So my sister-in-law was there. Like I probably could have called someone, but I just, in that moment, you're not really thinking. So I just, and I couldn't even call my husband. I had to text him. I was crying. I was like, I can't call you, you know, I'll be home. And he was yeah. actually out running some errands with the baby. So he was getting the message as he was en route home. And it was just, I said, I'll just see you home. So it was, yeah. but I had to, when we got home, I, I was like, you have to call everyone because like, I did the same thing. My friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I can't have this conversation with people. Yep. I made my so. husband call. I was like, I'm not doing it. You can let everybody know. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Just, oh, goodness. So what are your guys' steps moving forward? Um, well, I'm still waiting to get my period. Okay. <laughs> so the doctor had recommended, um, she obviously gave us all the facts. She said, I know you're 35. You want to get the ball, uh, rolling. Um, she said, basically told us there's research back and forth that says it's okay to try right away. Some say to wait. So she said, I'm just going to give you all the facts and then tell you what I recommend. And, you know, you can go with it however you want. So she had recommended we wait a cycle till okay. at least we got the, my period. So, that's what we're doing. They've been running um, blood work on me because after at the follow up, I had asked all the questions like, well, you know, originally they had said my progesterone was a little low. Mm-hmm. And um, I said my prolactin was high. And she said both of them seemed fine in her opinion. She did run the blood work again for the prolactin. Um, it's I think the the highest it's supposed to be is 29. And I was anywhere from 30 to 33. So she did say, you know, why don't you go see your primary, let him know this is happening, but there's nothing we can really do for this. So he actually sent me for an MRI, just said it's, it's probably either my body, um, this is just how my body produces that hormone, um, or there could be a small benign tumor on my pituitary gland. He said it's very common, um, but because it's not really elevated, he's not too concerned. So I actually just had an MRI yesterday. Okay. Um, I'm still waiting for my HCG to go down. It was five on Monday, this past Monday. So I'm going again tomorrow for more blood work. But I'm starting to feel like my period's coming. So fingers crossed. And then we're just, we're going to try again and just pray and hope. And I don't know, it's so hard because do you you keep pushing for the blood work? It didn't seem like, you know, anything happened. Um, I actually had to cancel my first appointment with one of the REs we had scheduled way back when because I was pregnant at the time. So I, I canceled that one. But the other one, uh, the appointment wasn't until May. 
because it's really hard to get into that place. So we actually still have that appointment in May. Okay. And my regular OBGYN did recommend, you know, just go. It doesn't hurt to have more yeah. eyes and ears and see what they say. Totally. So I guess we just wait and see what happens. Isn't it a weird position to be in when you're like, you, you want to trust your doctor. You know what I mean? Like they're the ones that know what they're yeah. doing and you want to trust them. But then like you're doing all this research and you're like, okay, like what about this? What about this? What about this? But you don't like right. step either. It's such a weird yes. feeling. Yes. Although my doctor was awesome because when we went in for our follow-up, she was like, listen, when you get pregnant again, you call immediately. You, you yeah. take that test, you get on the phone, you call, we're going to be running blood work. She's like, we're going to have you in at six weeks. And she goes, and you know what? I'm just going to have you come in every four weeks for an ultrasound because it's the only way you're going to function through another pregnancy. Okay. I want your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seriously. And that was so relieving because you worry, like, are they just going to tell me to come in at 10 weeks? And do I have to wait and not know? And what if I don't have nausea this time? Am I never going to know? Yeah. So that was very relieving to hear. Um, so hopefully we get pregnant again. We just have to yeah. wait and see now. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the most fun journey to be on. That's for sure. No. My, my husband and I too, cause like we, we just had our baby, which was our fifth pregnancy and we're like, okay, how long do we wait? You know what I mean? Because like, what if this happens? <laughs> yeah. like, what if this happens again? Yeah. Like, what if we go through this whole, you know, process again? And it's like, it's that whole, like, I'm not naive anymore. You know what I mean? Like there's. Right. Right. But, and then oh. you worry that all your anxiety is going to prevent you from getting pregnant. And I know, you know, uh, so you have to try and keep calm and relax. And <laughs> which so is difficult. pretty much impossible after you've had yes. loss. Like, oh, yes completely impossible that's why I'm on Zoloft no <laughs> <laughs> after my fourth loss I was like that's it I'm caving I need drugs oh yeah <laughs> I could use drugs right about now <laughs> yeah because I, I swear ever since I just you google I'm on every Facebook group that exists for mothers that have miscarried um podcasts that's how I found you and yeah I I became obsessed with finding success stories yeah. <laughs> like everybody yeah. I'm like oh, when how soon after did you get pregnant and what did you do differently yeah. and I just become it, it consumes you it does you worry so much it does it really does and it's like there's good and bad to doing all the research too you know <laughs> yeah that's so like, my husband at one point he was like I know these groups are good for you but maybe you should take it yeah <laughs> It becomes a little obsessive, that's for sure. Uh, So do you, I mean, anybody else in your position, because there are a lot of women out there that are, what would be like one piece of advice that you would give them? (sighs) Grieve in your own time and do it your way. Um, And time does heal. I know it's never going to go away. Even to this day, you know, it's a whole month later. I, there's multiple times throughout the day I think about everything that happened. But a week versus five weeks, it's, it's drastically better. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just kind of waited out. It, you're, when you're in the moment, you feel like this feeling's never going to go away. And it doesn't really ever go away, as I'm sure you know. You always mm-hmm. think about those babies. And, um, and the other thing was, and something just, I think you're so brave for putting your story out there. And 
that kind of inspired me the, the week after um, I miscarried. I just, I felt like, gosh, this is like this deep, dark secret because nobody knew we were pregnant because mm-hmm. we were waiting to that first trimester mark. And um, I just, to me, my kids are my world, like everything, my world. And so I felt like I was hiding this baby and that was eating away at me. And so I kept like seeing you and other women just putting their story out there. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put it on Facebook. <laughs> I like drafted the whole story. I had my husband edit it. And I was a little concerned about posting it just because he is very much, we process very differently and he's very much an inside person. And that I'm is, I talked about yeah, it. <laughs> that's my husband so, and me too. Yeah. And it's so, I mean, I think that's just normal that you're, di- you process differently. Mm-hmm. And so I had made sure I got the okay from him to post the story and I don't know. It was the sense of relief. Yeah. I can't even tell you, like within 24 hours, I just felt so much better. And it was a shock to the system at how many people reached out to me. And I had no idea had had Mm -hmm. miscarriages. So there's a lot of healing. I know some people that they're not comfortable with that, but if you are comfortable with it, you do find healing in getting your story out as I'm sure you know. Yeah. So it's a weight. I think it's a weight lifted it, off. It's it is. Like, it really is. Because like you know said, that, it's the secret. You almost feel yes, like you're holding on to this like secret. Yeah. yeah. And the just, fact that it's a secret almost has like a negative connotation yeah. to it. Like no one, no one can know. And so yeah. I think that's where I was like, what? This is such, seems like such a negative thing. And yeah, it was an awful event, but we were able to create life. And I feel like, you know, man, when I went in at six weeks, that baby was a little ball. But yeah. when I had that, that scan at 10 weeks, that baby had arms and legs mm-hmm. and it was a baby. Yeah. And that image is something I couldn't get rid of. And I, I threw my sonogram picture out there. I threw my story out there and, um, it really, it really helped me. So I would say time and, you know, talk about it, even if it's just yeah. to a counselor or it's to Facebook or it's to Instagram or it's to your best friend, you know, just get it out. Yeah, I feel like that's the best thing you can do. I have a random question for you just that because um, this is something that I kind of felt that like I didn't really know I was going to feel. Um, but like the whole let's not tell anybody we're pregnant or like this is a secret because just in case we miscarry. Do you now look at that a little bit differently? Yes. Yes. I, I almost don't see the point of it anymore yeah. because I feel like you should – you're so excited when you get that test. And um, the funny part is my husband and I, the, the, the month we got pregnant was the month we weren't trying because it ha- happened to be the month that if we did get pregnant, it would fall around the month that my brother was getting married and where we were both in the wedding. And we said, oh, we probably shouldn't try this month. But then we were like, oh, it's, you know, it's one day out of the year. Are we going to change our entire lives over this one day? What are the chances and that was the month we got pregnant. And then it was like, oh, we probably shouldn't tell anyone because and then my due date happened to be the actual wedding date. So it was just chaotic. And <laughs> but looking back on it, I'm like, all we wanted to do was shout to everyone that we were pregnant. And yeah. it was like, well, first, don't tell anyone because, oh, everyone's going to take the news a little more difficult because it's, you know, my mom's going to be stressed maybe because there's a lot going on that month. And then you don't want anyone to know because what if something happens? But 
everyone gets, you know, when we told our family, everyone was so excited. And I said to my husband, like, why do we, why do we do this? Why don't we celebrate it? You know, and especially yeah. when you go through something like this, you need that support system around you. Mm-hmm. And that, like I said, just all those women coming to me, which was, I can't even tell you how shocking it was, Yeah, was such a relief to me. Like, oh, this happens that often. Because you hear the statistic, but unless people talk to you about it, you don't really know about it. Yeah. You know, Um, and then to know that those women go on to have healthy pregnancies really just helps the healing process, I think. But yeah, yeah, I think next time, I don't know, my husband might think different. (laughs) He he likes to wait and is very personal, personal with his like information. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't mind telling people when we found yeah. out earlier. And I, I totally get, like, there's just different situations. Like, I think my headspace switched from, um, like, the whole not tell anyone in case we miscarry or in case something happens. Like, that to me is, like, well, that's why so many women feel so alone in this process yes. is because yes. we're, like, hush, hush. Like, if something happens, like, don't tell people right. in case something happens. Like, that right there shows, like, that we should feel like if we miscarry that nobody should know about it you know what I mean like that's where that's where my headspace switched but I do get like not telling people in the sense of like you just want to you just want to like keep it to yourself for a bit or um for me it was my fifth pregnancy I didn't tell anybody but my other pregnancies I did and my fifth pregnancy I didn't because I was just getting so anxious with people asking me about it you know what I mean so like I I couldn't have people even acknowledging the fact that I was pregnant and yeah. that was my reasoning for not telling people um, until I was a little bit further with this last pregnancy. But yeah, I don't know. My headspace totally switched with the whole um, don't tell people in case something happens. Because I was like, gosh, that's right. why we feel so ashamed and alone. Right. When this happens. Absolutely. So alone. So alone. And yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember um, on one of the pregnancy apps I had, there was the option to report a loss. And they immediately put you into those miscarriage groups. And I was like, wow, there's like, and I felt like it was this Pandora's box that I had just opened. Yeah. And I just was reading all these stories and it's like, oh my gosh, there's so many women and you don't, you you know, it's, you hear it, you just don't really process it until it happens to you, I think. Yeah, totally. Totally. And story medicine helps. (laughs) It really (laughs) does. Absolutely. It really does. Uh, well, thank you so much for jumping on here and sharing your story and, you know, making that medicine available for other people. So, yeah, um, thank you total, for giving me the medicine. Yeah, it's a total ripple effect and it's just a win win in my eyes. So, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much and let's keep in touch. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.